1: You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Welcome, fans of the Washington football team, to today's episode of the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. I am your host David Harrison. My co-host is Chris Russell. Find Chris over at Twitter at russellmania621. You can also find him on Team 980 and 1067 The Fan in DC, covering Washington foot- football there and for Sports You can find me on Twitter at dHarrison82. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get twenty percent off of your next order. And Chris quarterback has been the, the dominant conversation really since we've started talking together. I mean, going back mm-hmm. to the senior bowl, we were all interested in quarterback prospects and for very good reason. I mean, Alex Smith finished the season injured. Taylor Heineke had a pretty impressive uh, playoff performance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but that's, that's a one-off. You know what I mean? You don't know where the consistency is going to lie in there. And then, Dwayne Haskins is is now a figment of everybody's, uh, well, not imagine, imagination, but the history of this team instead of a, a part of the future of it. So, where do you think the Washington Football Team turns next? Because there are some options out there.
0: Yeah, David. I,
2: I mean, I think the
0: logical, obviously, next target will be put, you know, making a run, whatever you would define that as, for Deshaun Watson. There is no doubt that they're gonna call. There is no doubt that they're going to be interested. It's just a matter of what price are they willing to pay. Now, maybe we'll get a further idea of how interested, Uh, maybe, maybe not on Wednesday. When uh, after this episode publishes, obviously, when we're going to get a chance to talk to Marty Herney uh, and Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera, apparently all in the same Zoom call all at the same time at one o'clock Eastern time. Um, so hopefully and we'll have some reaction to that on the next episode, of course, based on what they said, um, because that'll fuel us. Uh, but I, I would fully expect that they're going to make some sort of an effort. Uh, how hard of an effort, I don't know for Deshaun uh, Watson. Now, here's what we know, right? Deshaun Watson, apparently, according to the new GM, Nick Casario, and the new head coach, David Culley, in Houston, uh, they said they're not going to trade him. Culley went so far to say the reason why he was there, the reason why he was in that position is because he knows that Deshaun Watson is going to be a member of the Houston Texans next year that either means they were putting his feet to the fire and really try to put him in an uncomfortable position or they've already worked out something privately and, 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 and cut out the nonsense. So maybe Deshaun Watson isn't even going to be available, but if you're the Washington football team, right, you absolutely have to make that call. The question then, and I'll put this to you first is we've heard all sorts of permutations of what he could cost. Uh, A lot of people have said three first round picks before we get to a pro football focus proposed trade that I wanted to bounce off of you. And we'll discuss uh, we've heard three first round picks minimum Uh, Houston's John McClain, longtime veteran NFL writer said two firsts, two seconds, and two defensive starters. If you were if you were Martin Mayhew, Ron Rivera, and Marty Herney, the three of you all combined into one, <laughs> what would be your first offer if you called up Houston and said, Hey, you know what? I want to get involved here. i no. I know you said what you said, but let's talk about this. What would be like the way you would start the negotiation?
2: Yeah, I think I would open it up honestly with firsts and a third. That's, that's kind of where I would start the conversation and kind of come into it saying, listen, I understand what you're asking for publicly, we all know that usually we're all over asking because we, that's just how the business is played. I'm going to come in here. You also know that this isn't my the ceiling of what I'm willing to get necessarily. It's just a starting point, a jump-off point. And I think two firsts and a third is a good jump-off point, not not expecting the Houston Texans to take it by any means. And, of course, all the reports, or at least most reports come out saying they want a defensive starter in, in the same time. And I wouldn't, but I wouldn't be willing to just kind of offer up a guy and say, here's, here's one of our contributors to a defense that really kind of overperformed expectations in 2020 and, and just do that you know, willingly without any type of pushback. Because at the end of the day, if you offer up that starter, if you offer up three first round picks, that other team, I mean, it's, it's very rare in this business. I think that you can expect for, for one team to make an offer for the other team to say, Hey, that's a good offer. Let's go ahead and take right. that. There's going to be right. some negotiation back and forth. So you don't want to lowball so So then you come in with one first, two thirds. You know, Houston's probably just going to laugh, say, Hey, thanks for the phone call. You know what I mean? Hope you didn't run out of, of your weeknight minutes um, making that phone call. Yeah. We'll move on somewhere else. But I think, so I think two firsts and a third is a respectful opening offer to get the mm-hmm. conversation started. So that's probably where I would come in.
0: Yeah. So you're saying basically start like almost medium low or on a simmer, right. if you will, yeah. and then maybe build it up a little bit uh, from there. I wonder where from, the, you know, if, If that was the opening offer, two firsts and a third. To me, in the back of my mind, if I'm Ron Rivera, Marty Herney, and Martin Mayhew, I would say, okay, if I offer first conversation, two firsts and a third, I would probably say, look, I'm really willing to go two firsts, a third, and maybe a second this year. And as a sweetener, as a sweetener, if they wanted to go a Matt Ionitis, because they're looking yeah. for defensive line help. They very much might lose JJ Watt. Um, you know, obviously they, they've, they lost Jadavion Clowney uh, a little while ago. Uh, and, and so it doesn't look like again, JJ Watt is going to return and, and who could blame them. Um, yeah. You know, so they're going to need some defensive line help. So I, I guess in the back of my mind, I would be like, okay, two firsts, a third to take your uh, proposal, which I think makes a lot of sense then your sweeteners would be in order of preference, a second round pick, whether it be a 2021 or a 2022, probably a 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, And then again, my second sweetener would be, if I was kind of thinking about this through, I would, if, if I was them, I would go Matt Ioannidis one. And then if I had to go up from there, I would probably, probably go, I would probably go Jonathan Allen first, but he's not under contract for anything more than a fifth year option. So I don't think that would work out. So I think your sweetener, your extra sweetener, if you will, would have to be somebody who's under a little bit more contractual control, i.e. Deron Payne. And then again, you'd be talking about maybe even Montez sweat, but here's, here's where I wanted to kind of take this based on what we just talked about pro football focus. Which is a very respected now. This is a proposed mock trade, you know, you know how this stuff works. They came out, David. Get this, I don't know if you saw this. A first round pick in 2021,
2: 2022,
0: 2023. So, three first round picks and Chase Young. Yeah, I mean, there's no right. Am I missing anything? (laughs) Like, I know Deshaun Watson's awesome. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. If Washington would be that desperate. Maybe I'm missing something. You tell me. I I, I, I don't know if I could like even complete another sentence if they were that desperate, quite honestly.
2: Yeah, that's way too much. I mean, and I'm a huge Deshaun Watson fan. I have been since he was a Clemson and, you know, coming into the NFL, I really wanted to see him be successful. And he had a great 2020, all things considered, with everything he lost and kind of everything going on inside that franchise. He really did have a really amazing season. And I think the Washington football team would be, uh, you know, would should be honored or feel honored. And the fans should be really excited to have a guy like Deshaun Watson on the team. But you give up three straight first round picks and Chase Young, you're giving them four straight first round picks. That's what you're giving them. And you're mortgaging your future. I mean, that's, that's essentially what you're doing. There's, uh, and I don't want to say you can't build a winning team without first round picks. I mean, uh, you obviously can. There are examples across the NFL of teams that make the playoffs and, and do have championship pushes without first-round picks. Yeah, the Rams are one yeah. of them. Um, and if this works out with Matt Stafford, they will be kind of that shiny beacon of it. But right. more often than not, you can't necessarily go into it with that type of a, of, a, of an atmosphere or an approach unless you're like the Seattle Seahawks who trade out of the first-round pick or, or later in the first-round pick very regularly. Yep. But they do it to stockpile mid-round picks and then they're very good with the players usually that they pick and there. They've kind of uh, missed on a few here lately. But, yeah, to me, that, that's way too much. I think the most I would go if I were in, that, in the shoes to make this offer and make this trade is uh, I like you know two first-round picks, two third-round picks, but I would want to alternate them. So I would want to look at like a 2021 and a 2023 first, but then a 2022 and a 2024 third. And then I think my ceiling would be Montez Sweat. And I think you're still giving up quite a bit, honestly. You are still giving up a lot. -hmm. I think you keep Chase Young. I mean, if they want Ionitis, you give them Ionitis. Now you keep Young and you keep Sweat on that defense, and if you can keep the rest of it intact, you still have enough second round picks, third round picks, and then those two alternating first round picks. That honestly, it kind of kind of like what we were talking about with John Lynch. You know, if if you come into twenty twenty two, trade back if you need to in that first round pick, stockpile a couple others, and you basically end up with the same amount of draft capital with a better quarterback. That's kind of the approach I think I would go. Is you you end up giving up four picks and a starter. I, I mean, to me, that's more than enough. And, you know, some fans would even say that's too much. And that kind of shows you that you're, that the Houston Texans aren't getting fleeced, but at the same time, the Washington football team is getting a franchise quarterback.
0: Would I be that first defensive quote unquote starter that you would yeah. go with, or would you rather go with, you know, again, Jonathan Allen, who's going into the fifth year of his deal, uh, but he also provides leadership. Mm-hmm. I again, coming off of an injury, how would you, uh, it, it, again, is he the first player that maybe you would offer up?
2: I would start with Ionitis. Absolutely. Um, and then my next one actually probably would be sweat, to be honest with you. I think mm-hmm. uh, just with the so way you that the would college, go
0: sweat over Allen and okay Yeah. I
2: think the way that the, the college game is going, I think you're going to be able to find and replace edge rusher talent a little bit more regularly in NFL drafts than you are interior hmm. defensive line uh, talent. That's just kind of the way I gauge the way that the college game is going. And you know, that's, that's really an eye beholder type of situation, but yeah, that's, that's why I would go sweat. But at the same time, probably have some of those extension conversations on the other side because because if you do that and then he says i'm not extending with you well then you've you've kind of given away two players so there's another layer to that conversation as well
0: david harrison is our new co-host right here on the locked on washington football team podcast i'm chris russell uh together we are doing this show now five days a week so great to have you aboard uh with us coming up we're going to talk about where uh, and, and are the Washington football team built to win right now and what veteran quarterbacks they can go after. And also Jeff Bezos is in the news. We'll tell you how that might affect the Washington football team coming up here on the locked on Washington football team podcast. We're covering everything you need to know about the Washington football team, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well. With Locked On Today, it's hosted by our pal, the great Peter Bukowski. It's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast along with david harrison again you can follow him on twitter at d harrison 82 listen to him on the locked on bucks podcast uh, as they get ready for super bowl 55 and uh, david as we kind of concentrate on what the washington football team need um you know one of the questions that i you know wanted to kind of debate with you and you know the Bucks beat the Washington football team in that opening round of the playoffs, but mm-hmm. Washington gave them a hell of a run. We all know the Taylor Heineke story. So before we get into whether they should go for a different type of veteran quarterback, I wanted to ask you, based on what you've seen and based on what you know and just based on gut feel, uh-huh. are they truly built to win right now? Or are they a year away type of team from really being a legitimate Super Bowl contender?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's so so the last part of that question is really kind of what defines it for me. So if you're asking if they can win the NFC East right now, like heading into 2021, I absolutely think they can. I think if you bring back a healthy Alex Smith, you give Taylor Heineke maybe a shot, you know, in training camp competition, if you have a full training camp or you even just bring him but bring him back as a backup, and then maybe you add kind of a third veteran quarterback or, or an undrafted guy to kind of carry along on the roster, what have you. I think they definitely have some weapons, and then if they draft well, you can add another wide receiver, add to that defense, add maybe some offensive line help. They definitely have the horses to carry them to an NFC East uh, championship or title again next year. Now, as far as being a Super Bowl contender, yeah, I do think you're a year, you're maybe two years away, and if you really kind of invest in that defense, then I think you're more – Closer to the year mark, because if you have a killer defense and kind of carry your offense, keep other opponents below twenty, below twenty-five at a minimum. If you're going to call yourself a killer defense, you can't be giving up more than twenty-five points uh, per game. If you can do that, then I think you have enough offensive tools. You can bring in a couple of young offensive players that you can outpace teams. You if you can average twenty-six points per game, then you can be competitive. Uh, so yeah, so so and that kind of peels back to the the Deshaun Watson thing, where you don't have to sell the farm because you're not. Right that close even necessarily partially but you're also not that desperate i mean this team isn't devoid of talent uh, there are plenty of teams across the NFL that are in much worse condition roster-wise,
0: right? And that's the and that's the thing for me. I mean, you could do a lot worse, I suppose, than the combination of Alex Smith, Taylor Heineke, Kyle right. Allen, and Steven Montez, who you know was back and forth a little bit from the practice squad to the active roster because of injury, but never actually got to play. I mean, you know, Allen, okay, stayed health stayed had trouble staying healthy. Alex Smith stayed tr- uh, had trouble staying healthy. He- that's the problem, right? Right now, you don't have a guy that you can hang your hat on and say, okay, I know he's going to be able to stay healthy, i.e. Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I mean, we see what it's happening in, in San Francisco, right? Part of the yeah. reason Kyle Shanahan is disenchanted, if you will, with Jimmy Garoppolo is, well, Jimmy Garoppolo blew, blew out his knee and had the injury this year when he missed, yeah. what, 10 games or whatever it was? If, you know, I think you said it on yesterday's show, the best, what,
2: yeah. The best ab- ability is availability. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. So, I, I mean, you know, at, at this point, I, I, I just don't want them to act desperate and that'll lead us into our next question is, you know, do they be patient at that? Knowing what they just, what we just outlined that they have, I think it allows them to be patient. No. And, and and the question becomes is if Alex Smith wants to play and Alex Smith is willing to take maybe a little bit of a haircut on his salary would I rather keep Alex Smith along with Heineke and Kyle Allen and, again, a developing Steven Montez, and you can keep him on the practice squad so you have your three active guys until somebody gets inevitably hurt, or if Alex Smith wants to go elsewhere or if Alex Smith doesn't want to take a pay cut, then you have to go to the veteran free agent market, and you got guys like Andy Dalton, James mm-hmm. Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick at 39 years old, Marcus Marriott. You've got options out there, Cam Newton. I mean, there are a bunch <laughs> of different options to not make you go and be desperate here, David.
2: Yeah, and I mean, Cam Newton has the obvious connection to Coach Rivera, you know what I mean? Uh, Me personally, I think Cam Newton's best days are behind him, and I think that's just kind of a situation of uh, partially of the style of football that he plays, partially because of how heavily the Carolina Panthers really relied on him in his younger years. Uh, Andy Dalton, kind of the same thing. The the two names that really kind of draw my eye and and you know covering the Buccaneers, it's really not going to be that big of a surprise are are Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston and right. and listen Ryan Fitzpatrick is I mean he he might be uh, one of the best leaders in the National Football League and he's just a guy that players want to be around fans enjoy being around uh, you know seeing him with the Buccaneers and then seeing him come back for uh, for a week of joint training camp in 2019 with the Dolphins um, he's just he's a guy that just everybody loves to be around and, and he can really rally the troops. The, the unfortunate part of Fitz magic. And, and we've seen it in pretty much every stop that he's had, except for Miami, because they didn't really give him a chance to, is you also have the Fitz tragic part of yeah. that story that usually comes up. So that's something you have to deal with. And I think that if you're bringing in a, a Ryan Fitzpatrick is because Alex Smith is leaving. So if you have an elder statesman, a veteran that's going to come in and kind of take the reins of that team, I think it needs to be Alex Smith. If not, then Ryan Fitzpatrick is kind of my favorite, but I don't think you're going to have both those guys on the roster at the same time. It's going to be one or the other. And then behind them, you're looking at the younger developmental guy, right? So you're looking at your Taylor Heineke, Kyle, Kyle Allen, whoever it is I like. You know, we talked about Jamie Newman. That's He's worth a good mid-round, late-round flyer if he's there. Uh, Felipe Franks from Arkansas is another guy that you could bring in and potentially develop as well as the veteran guy kind of gets gets his feet wet. Jameis Winston is a situation where I believe, uh, just, from, just from the experience I've had with Jameis and kind of knowing where his, his mind is just a little bit, I don't think he's coming into 2021 looking to earn a roster spot. I think he's coming into 2021 – looking to earn a starting job. And first and foremost, I mean, he's gonna look for a place that's gonna promise him that he's a starter, which I don't think he's gonna find. But I think he's looking for a place where he can come in and compete for a starting job, but be the number one heading into camp. He wants mm-hmm. to start with that little bit of a head start and then prove that he can hold the lead, which depending on just how how impressive Sean Payton and Drew Brees have been on him, will determine that. I don't think Washington gives him that opportunity. I think if Washington brings in a guy like James Winston, it's you'll come in, we'll give you a chance to fight, but we're not making you any promises, we're not giving right. you any head starts, which is why I don't think Jameis Winston would come to Washington.
0: All right, we're going to have much more on this debate as we go along, but we wanted to move on to this real quickly here on the Lockdown Washington football team podcast. Uh, with this question, David, I, you know, we were talking before the show, um, Jeff Bezos, the retiring now Amazon CEO and founder. Uh, is getting set to step aside. I I know we have to kind of make this quick. I've long thought, I've heard, ramping up to make uh, a run at an NFL team. Mm -hmm. And of course, the first thing that happens is, oh, hey, Washington, right? He's built a headquarters uh, here for Amazon in the Washington area. He's going to spend more time here. Uh, He's again, been rumored. Dan Snyder is potentially in a lot of trouble uh, with the Beth Wilkinson case. When I saw this, I was like, hmm, my, the, the the engine started cranking. Did, did it have the same kind of effect on you, and am I just living in a pipe dream here?
2: I mean, when I heard the news that he was stepping down, I really didn't go that direction. But as soon as you started talking about it, it definitely makes a lot of sense. And I mean, at a minimum, he wants to make himself available uh, so that if the opportunity arises, I mean... Again, coming from kind of an outsider standpoint and what Jason Wright said on HBO that we, we covered on yesterday's episode, I, I get where he's coming from. But it, the rest of the NFL and the rest of the football watching uh, community honestly doesn't see a way that Dan Snyder is still the owner of this team when all this is said and done. So if that's the case, then a guy like Jeff Bezos definitely makes a lot of sense. And I think I, I can't I can't help but think that he would be interested, like you said, especially with his ties to the area.
0: Um, just one real quick, uh, as we wrap up this kind and obviously we'll have, uh, any coverage that warrants it. This is more just a a kind of opinion. If Dan Snyder has repeatedly said, I don't want to sell. I don't want to sell. I don't want to sell. He also said, I would never change the name. And he changed the name as soon as he lost a a huge amount of corporate support uh, and a lot of millions of dollars started flying out the window. If Jeff Bezos came to Dan Snyder and said $4.5 billion, mm-hmm. I'm going to buy all of you out, all of you and the minority owners. If you were Dan Snyder, I'm going to put David Harrison in the shoes of Dan <laughs> Snyder. Would you sell?
2: I would. I mean, listen, I love football, but at this point in time, like, and, and I don't know Dan Snyder, you know what I mean? But it, just kind of looking at all the stuff circling around him, like to me, this is the time where you, you re, you reset back. You, you, you call it retreat if you want to, but you reset back into your stronghold, which is, you know, your, your support system, your family, the people who still love you and all that stuff. And you get out with your skin while you still can't, because if, if it gets to a position where he basically is forced to sell, and everybody knows he's he's basically getting, you know, the heaved out of the NFL, the offers are going to get very a lot smaller and they're going to be fewer and far between. And his options are, are going to to become lesser and lesser. So you get a strong offer like that. You get an offer from a guy that you know is going to maintain the franchise, probably isn't looking to move the team, you know, in any way, shape, or form. I don't think the NFL would be interested in that anyway. And then you have the opportunity to just take your winnings, take your, take your profit and and just walk away. I mean, I love football as much as the next guy, but I think he's in a situation now where you've got to save what you you have to save what you still have left. Cut your losses while you can, I guess. All right. This is the
0: Locked On Washington football team podcast. When we return, quick last segment, we're gonna discuss about a redrafting of Chase Young. We'll explain what we mean by that. But first, it's Chris Russell, David Harrison for BetOnline.ag. Guys, the big game is this Sunday, finally. All the prop bets. The total, the line spread, everything that you can imagine. Who's going to score the first touchdown? Is the anthem going to be over two minutes? It's all available for you at betonline.ag. We wouldn't advise you to go anywhere else. So get your free account today, again at betonline.ag, and use the promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Can't wait till Sunday. That's okay. They have all the NBA uh, spreads, NHL, all sorts of action. You can get in on futures for every sport as well. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in now, guys. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. At BetOnline, you're online sportsbook experts.
2: Locked On Washington football team podcast is also brought to you in part by rockauto.com. And with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of vehicles, it is impossible for your local car parts store to stock all of the parts you will possibly ever need. And then when you get to the the store, you have to deal with somebody who goes in their computer and just looks up the inventory that they have on hand. You have a computer. You have access to rockauto.com. You have access to the most complete auto parts store. Furthermore, chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, while rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're always reliably low. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Segment three here at the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Dave Harrison, Chris Russell coming at you. And after you're done listening to this episode, check out the Wednesday episode of the Locked On NFL podcast. Take a dive into the future of your favorite NFL franchises with Tony Wiggins and James Rapine. And as they're joined by Locked On draft experts to talk prospects in the upcoming draft and young NFL players fresh to the league Did your team have a big rookie performance? Are they shaping up to have a premier draft pick in the 2021 NFL draft? Get everything you need Wednesdays on Locked on NFL. Subscribe to Locked on NFL wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, David, I think we only have time for just one more thing, uh, and then we'll save a bunch of the other stuff that we had uh, for our next episode together. I wanted to ask you this. Uh, ESPN, you know, a lot of websites come up with all this stuff. They're looking for content. They're looking for debate. They came up with on their Insider Plus section a redraft of last year's draft. As we know, the Bengals went number one with Joe Burrow, and he's, of course, recovering from a torn ACL. Looks like he's making progress. And the Washington football team was number two, and they went with Chase Young. When they did the redraft, and this is probably easy to do, they went with – Justin Herbert as the new pick and young went number three to the Detroit Lions. So I ask you this as our closing shot today. If you were again, making that decision now, knowing what, you know, would you have taken Justin Herbert over chase young?
2: That's a tough question. (laughs) And I think
0: that's why I don't get paid the big
2: bucks. (laughs) I think the way I have to start this, honestly, and listen, I don't blame whoever wrote this over ESPN for doing what they did because you don't ever want to punish a guy for an injury, right? You can't control injuries, you know, unless he's doing something stupid, which Joe Burrow obviously wasn't doing anything stupid when he got injured. But the bottom line is this is a redraft. So this is – you're supposed to be using hindsight to to have that 2020 vision of what's going to happen in the future and, and set the future. And I think if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, if I go back to April of 2020 and I say, hey, you can have Joe Burrow number one overall, but midseason he's going to tear his ACL and you're not going to have him for the rest of the year. And his future is going to be in doubt because, yes, most people nowadays come back from ACLs pretty well, but they don't always. Or you can have Justin Herbert, who's going to set the league on fire, not going to be injured. Who do you think the Bengals draft in that situation? You know, they take I think Justin I, Herbert.
0: I love the way you went with this. Cause oh. I didn't even think about that angle. I was just thinking the Herbert chase young thing. I love the way you're kind of attacking this.
2: Yeah. And that, so I think that's kind of the question you have to ask. And, and believe me, if ESPN had gone that route, I think a lot of people probably would have murdered them in the comments mm-hmm. and on social media for holding an ACL injury against Joe Burrow. But I mean, that's kind of what these exercises are really supposed to be about. So then Justin Herbert's off the board. So then you're really looking at chase young, who had a very good, very solid rookie year showed some of the talent in the flashes you saw at Ohio state that made people believe he's kind of that next generational pass rusher from the NFL, or you have, I mean, Joe Burrow is on the board, but again, you have a situation where do you really want to lose this kid mid season to an ACL injury? So I think you still end up with chase young, but given what ESPN laid out, I think you have to go Justin Herbert and only because quarterback is the most important position on the field. It's, it always kind of has been and it's always going to be. And especially in a passing league, you need a quarterback that can make all the throws be poised under pressure, And and help his team win. And that's what Justin Herbert showed he could do as a rookie in his first year in the National Football League under a head coach that quite honestly doesn't always put his team in the best position. That's why he got fired. Anthony Lynn Mm -hmm. actually has a better record through three years with the with the Los Angeles Chargers than Kyle Shanahan has with the San Francisco 49ers. The difference between why Kyle Shanahan has a job and Anthony Lynn doesn't. Well, one part of his decision making another part. Obviously, the 49ers going to the Super Bowl helps a great deal but a lot of that has to do with decision-making. So if you put Justin Herbert in a system with a team, with a head coach that knows how to put his team in position to win, then I think you're much better off. I love Chase Young, but there's another pass rusher coming around the corner. There's not always another great quarterback coming around the corner. Justin Herbert has shown that he has that potential to be what Jared Goff didn't turn out to be for the Rams and that what Carson Wentz doesn't appear to be turning out to be for the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: I would tell you this, just in closing. I would still go with Chase Young over Justin Herbert if, if it's the way ESPN laid it out, assuming that Burrow went number one. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of counter what you said, and which again I love the creativity on. If Herbert did actually go one under your scenario, uh, again knowing in hindsight that Burrow had the torn ACL and MCL, mm. uh, which he ultimately suffered uh, against the Washington Football Team. Yeah. Uh, to me, if 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 you went. Herbert won, and again Joe Burrow was there at number two and say the argument was between Joe Burrow and Chase Young now again if again if you knew Joe Burrow would have a torn ACL I think you would still go Chase Young but if you if you didn't know that and Joe Burrow was available at number two for whatever reason for the Washington football team Ron Rivera would have taken Joe Burrow in a heartbeat no question I mean he basically admitted that he said he would have been fine you know with that and I truly do believe that they were looking for an upgrade at quarterback from the minute they got here and that's why i never bought in to the long-term uh situation with um with dwayne haskins
2: yeah absolutely
0: all right we're gonna end this for today um good episode good topics good debate. We hope to kind of do as much of this as we possibly can. We'll bounce around all over the place, coming up with different things for you to kind of keep a focus on. We'll talk a little bit more of Super Bowl 55 as we edge closer to the game. Don't forget to listen to David uh, and James Yarko on the Locked on Bucks podcast as they continue to get you ready for Super Bowl 55. Uh, And don't forget to follow David on Twitter. I'll get it right this time, at dharrison82, at dharrison82. And I'm at at Russell Mania 621, the podcast at Locked WFT Pod, at Locked WFT Pod. Uh, David, anything uh, as a parting shot?
2: No, sir. I think we uh, I think we covered it pretty well.
0: All right, let's do it. We'll say goodbye for now uh, and be back with another fresh episode. Stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening and downloading, guys. Thanks to all of our sponsors as well. We appreciate you guys being with us here on the Locked on Washington Football Team Podcast.